Good morning, people of the resurrection. And happy new year. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of the new year. A season of change. There are big changes afoot. One of them, in case it's on your mind, is that yesterday in the Diocese of California, we elected a new bishop. Give yourselves a fake. Good work. Good work. Well done. I'm not going to say anything about it. But in case you were wondering, I had to mention it right up front so you didn't spend the whole rest of the time thinking, when's he going to mention it? We can talk about it later. There's already too much to talk about, already too much to say. It's a big deal, the first Sunday of Advent. It's a big deal, the beginning of a new year. Again, the proclamation, the words of Scripture telling us, God is coming. Be alert. Stay awake. Pay attention. I had the privilege this past week of meeting with a colleague of mine in Lafayette, a rabbi at Temple Isaiah called Nikki Greninger. And I got to know Rabbi Greninger when I was serving as the rector of St. Stephen's Church in Arinda, and she and I took up conversations about our common life as clergy and leaders of congregations. And once in a while, we do this thing where we will meet on Zoom and record the conversation, and she'll share it with her congregation, and I will share it now with the students at CDSP in Berkeley, where I work. And this past Thursday, we did that, and we got to talk about something super exciting that we both care a lot about, and which pertains both to Judaism and Christianity, and that's the liturgical calendar. Oh, boy. Now, both Judaism and the liturgical traditions in Christianity observe worship on a calendar, which we're we're already talking about because we've already mentioned that it's the first Sunday of Advent. And there are some similarities between the liturgical calendar in our tradition and that in the Jewish tradition. They're not really remotely the same in many ways, but they do share some similarities, and so it was good to talk about those things. But primarily, the way that they are alike is that they are not the same as the Roman calendar that governs the rest of our lives. The 12-month calendar that starts on January 1st and ends on December 31st and by which we attend school and go to work and pay our taxes and vote in public elections, all the things and all the ways that the world is governed by that calendar. And in worship, And in our telling the story of our lives with God, we think about a different calendar. True for us as Episcopalians and true for our friends in Judaism. There's a different order of time and a different purpose for our time and our spending it together. And that's the point. That's the reason why we have different calendars. Is it because it helps us to think differently about what we're doing when we're gathered here together in church, spending this time staying alert, staying awake, paying attention to the way that God is coming to us. A big theme for this season of Advent, God is coming and thinking differently about ourselves, about each other, and about our purpose in the world is another big theme of Advent. The word in English, 
translated from the Greek of the Gospels is repent. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word repent still to this day, my first thought is that it means something like feel badly for something you did. Does that sound familiar? Quite literally, the word repent means think differently. Think differently about yourself. Think differently about your relationships. Think differently about the world. Not just any differently. Think in a godly way about those things. Prepare your mind and your heart to recognize God when God appears in your life. If all our time is on the Roman calendar, and all our attention is on those months and those weeks and those days and those hours, we spend all our life and give all our care and attention to somebody else's clock. And the reason that we have a different order of time and a different way of gathering with different attention on different seasons is so that we can escape that clock that binds us to the cogs and the gears of Rome, which is still with us, taxing us all to death. God wants something else for us, something better. And because God is not like Caesar, God will not impose God's will on us. But God is out there speaking beauty and peace and generosity and love all around us, all the time. And Jesus comes and says, be alert, stay awake. In the midst of all the world's cacophony, which we also hear in the scriptures this morning. Lots of things are chaotic and violent and scary in these readings. Happy New Year, right? But what does Jesus say in the middle of all this destruction, not just, not just military and political conflict, but the sun and the moon and the stars all failing in their purpose. In the middle of all that, he says, where's the lesson to be learned? Not from all that cacophony and all that violence and calamity. The lesson is from the fig tree. The fig tree. How does a fig tree stay alert? Stay present, awaken to the presence of God. Not necessarily all at once. Can you imagine if figs just sprouted fruit like instantly? Bing! Sometimes you might have experienced this yourself. You might have done this yourself. People will use the phrase, wake up, to criticize somebody, to make them feel stupid. Think of yourself driving, you know? And somebody does something dumb on the road, and you're like, wake up! And your hand isn't looking like this when you do it. <laughs> you know? But it's a different kind of awakening that Jesus is calling us to. The lesson is from the fig tree not from some explosion of consciousness, and not a one-time event, right? We come every year to the beginning and renew our attention on these things as the seasons pass and change, as the leaves on the trees change into colors and fall and die seemingly, only to come back again mysteriously next year, slowly awakening again to themselves through the life that God has given them. Same is true for us. But God is asking us to awaken to not 
another season or not another different kind of world, but to the presence of God in this world now, in our lives now, among us now. And that requires real effort on our part, real work on our part, and real communities together supporting each other in the work of prayer and listening and studying the scriptures and the traditions and participating in these practices that have been handed down to us for generations to help us awaken to the love of God happening all over and in us and among us. Not perfectly, not consistently, not every time, but really. And we want more of it, but it needs work on our part. So, awaken. But in what way? Well, I have an illustration to offer that I think might help. I am blessed and privileged to be the father of one 16-year-old boy who, because I'm the early riser in my house, uh, I also have the privilege and blessing of awakening every morning to get him ready to go to school. And it's really my favorite and best part of the day. And that's the best thing, because it comes right at the beginning of the day. So every day is already good when this has happened. And by the time it's time to go in and wake him up, I've already had my breakfast and brushed my teeth and done some of my morning chores. And I go in and I'll spend at least a good couple of seconds just looking at him while he sleeps. And if you ever meet him, you can't tell him these things. But it's also true that I'll sometimes just put my ear on his chest and listen to his heart beating just to make sure he's alive. You know? And then I'll nudge him and I'll shake him and I'll say, it's time to start waking up. And I'll ask him what he wants for breakfast because I also make his breakfast. What do you want for breakfast? Most mornings, I just get a nod. That's not an answer. I might ask again, what do you want for breakfast? I just get another nod. Eyes still closed. Then I'll start offering options. Would you like eggs? Maybe no response. How about pancakes? Maybe no response. French toast? Maybe no response. Sometimes I get another nod, but then I gotta ask twice, because who knows what he's thinking. Sometimes other words come out. Instead of pancakes, he might say pajamas, because he's not really awake. And I'll say pajamas, and he'll nod. <laughs> you want pajamas for breakfast? No. So it takes a while. It takes a while. And it's the same thing every day. And eventually we get there. And it's really hours after he's gone to school that he's actually awake, which I don't get to be around for. But every day we have this experience. And every day I'm reminded the lesson of the fig tree, that God is with us. God is coming to be with us. God's love is within us and among us and it makes the world and we want more of it so that our world can be more like the way God intends it to be and because God is not Caesar God will not impose God's will on us make us conform to that clock stay awake <laughs> set all the alarms you want <laughs>
It's great. And you know what? That's a great place to end. <laughs> Amen.